Mr. Rodney Dangerfield. Every time I do something, it never works out right. I always get stuck, you know? That's how I got my name, Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, I went into show business. I wanted to better myself. And I saw an ad in the paper. It said, improve your personality. So I went to see the man. And he told me my personality was okay, but my name was my problem. And I said to him, my name? Well, how can a name be a problem? Well, even William Shakespeare said, what's in the name? He said, who? <laughs> I said, William Shakespeare. He said, look, you want to listen to me or you want to listen to your friends? <laughs> I said, I don't understand. I mean, uh, is it good to change your name? He said, of course, I always keep changing my name. In fact, right now, I can give you a very good deal. There was a man here last week, left me a deposit on a name, he never came back. <laughs> Actually, it's a thousand dollar name. I'll tell you what I'll do. I have a new name coming in next week. <laughs> and I need the space. <laughs> I'll let you have the name for $500. I said, $500, that's a lot of money. He said, it's a great name. It's a name. Once people hear it, they'll start saying it. I said, what's the name? He said, Rodney Dangerfield. I said, Rodney Dangerfield? He said, see, you just heard it. You're starting to say it. <laughs> Listen to me. Take the name. Seymour, go down in the basement, look in the blue box, and bring up a Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> I said, wait a minute. Suppose I use the name, I don't like it. Can I bring it back? He said, of course. All I ask is one thing. While you're using the name, don't give it a bad name. <laughs> so finally, I decided to call myself Rodney Dangerfield. As soon as I got home, I thought to myself, what did I do? I made a mistake. I called a guy up. I said, look, this is Rodney Dangerfield. He said, who? <laughs> I said, Dangerfield, don't you remember? He said, oh yeah, Shakespeare's friend. <laughs> I said, look, I don't want the name. He said, don't be foolish. Try it for two weeks. I guarantee you'll keep it. So I tried the name for two weeks. I still didn't like it. I went to bring it back. I couldn't find the guy. He changed his name. <laughs> Editor's note. I have a new recording set up this year and my microphone in this first episode, much like Pat's track record with prospects, could at best be described as inconsistent. Unlike Pat, I've recognized this deficiency and corrected it for future episodes, so you'll only be subjected to one episode of mediocrity instead of 14 seasons. And now on with our show. Welcome to Talking Chalk Season 2. I'm your host, Jamie. With me, as always, is my esteemed co-host. He'll be the third biggest Nationals fan we have on the pod tonight. Ian, good enough. How's it going, Ian? <laughs> going well. Uh, I just, just got back from Vegas last night real late. Uh, it was a long weekend. 
but hey, you're right. Uh, for the for the first time ever, we're gonna have three Nationals fans on this podcast. Yeah, we'll uh, we tease it a little bit. We'll have Brendan on as a guest later on. For now, Ian and I are gonna dissect Brendan's 2021 season performance and then kind of preview his 2022 season before we uh, we bring him on to talk. And he was in Vegas with you too, right? So we could talk to him. Yeah. So the bit. the reason for the Vegas trip was actually Brendan's bachelor party because Brendan got engaged uh, several months ago and is going to get married. I have the same date back in my fridge somewhere, but uh, I think sometime in May. Cool. Cool. So it was uh, me, him, and uh, some of our friends from college, and then some of his friends from his town, his brother. It was a good time. Awesome. But the uh, the Washington, the, we went there because he's a big Washington football team fan, and they got a yeah, they squeaked out the win. Cool. Do we know yet uh, what his his team name will be? Uh, we do not know. Speed has been pretty tight on that. Uh, I've, I, yeah, I can't even think of. I know he's thrown an idea to me, but I can't recall it off the top of my head. So nothing, uh, nothing for sure. Still a mystery. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll be interested in that. Obviously, Speed doesn't know Brendan very well. I think you you were the one to name Brendan the first time he finished last. Um, so yeah, this will be uh, kind of unique naming someone that we don't know very well or that speed doesn't, I should say. Yeah. So, I mean, if anybody in the league knows Brendan, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I brought Brendan in the league from, you know, I was originally freshman dorm uh, roommates with him and we remained friends uh, to the day. And we, you know, so I know him from them, but I'd say like at least of anybody who were to know him best other than me in this league, it definitely speeds, speeds hung out with him multiple times. Uh, you know, we've gone to baseball games together, all that kind of stuff. So, if, if anybody was going to get this task other than me, I think Speed's uh, the most qualified. Okay, great. But so regardless that's... of that, Brendan's, Brendan's a tough guy to, like, name and get under. He's uh, just all the time. I, obviously, I've known him longer than everybody else has and known, know him better. Always uh, oh, just a very mild-mannered kind of guy. Not right. a lot of things get under. Like, I've... I've known him for whatever, probably 10 years now. And I think I've only, I've only seen him get legitimately mad once. Right. And we can't use that. We can't use that situation for a name. It wouldn't work. It wouldn't apply. Yeah. I wish I could. Otherwise it it was the, you know, it was over like an NBA 2K game that we were playing. (laughs) All right. So yeah, Brendan last year finished last. He's actually been in the league for five years now, which is kind of hard to believe. It's hard to believe that we're in going into our 15th season of this nonsense. Uh, so I know he's one of the latest uh, people to join, but he's been in for half a decade at this point. It um, is. So that is interesting. You bring it up now. I realized a connection with Brennan, the original draft of this league. I remember I was drafting in my freshman dorm. Yeah. And so Brennan, Brennan actually was there. <laughs> so he was, he was, he was I, you know, he probably, I remember probably asking like, what are you doing? I'm like, Oh, it's this fantasy baseball league. We're starting. Little did he know, little, t- 10 little years later. Yeah. Right. <laughs> He'd be sucked into this nonsense. So yeah, uh, obviously he finished last the first year. You named him and he finished last uh, this year. Between, uh, he had two 10th place finishes and then uh, a third place finish, at least in the playoffs. But he was the number two seed two years ago. So he kind of had a, a, an ascension. And then, you know, we, we talked throughout the season about him kind of um, rebuilding this year. And he ended up in last place, whether that was a a function of, you know, his strategy rebuilding or, you know, by design, uh, that's where he is. So he's at, he's at the ground zero, um, needed to kind of build back up. Yeah. And uh, I think that's interesting to kind of bring up. It's like the, you know, his, the way or whatever, the way his kind of franchise, so to speak, has gone thus far and that 
you know, not very good the first year. Then was it his second year that he got second place? It was or a, was a two seed. It was a two seed, his third year. Third year. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, got, he became a two seed. I remember like a lot of people did not, you know, didn't expect him to be good going into that year. He just had a team that was, you know, he had, he had one of those teams where it was like, you had, you know, 10 plus guys in the top 100, but no real star players. And, you know, we always talk about that. I think we even highlighted that talking about his team in the preseason going into this year of, he had the similar situation with his team in the short season uh, in that, you know, there was just, there was a bunch of good guys, but it makes keeper decisions and carrying over value very tough. So I think, I think like by the third year, maybe he got the hang of, you know, competing in the one year sense in this league and what that takes and all of that. Uh, but, you know, like we always say, it's really hard to build consistent year to year success. if You don't have star keepers. Yeah. That, uh, that two seed was primarily driven by like a Max Muncy breakout where he hit 35 home runs kind of for the first year. And then, uh, Glaber Torres actually had a really good year. Uh, DJ LeMay, who was the 23rd ranked player. Oh yeah. That was when, uh, that was probably when Glaber Torres hit his like 20 home runs against, against the, Orioles, the Orioles. Right. 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 And like Eduardo Escobar was the 56th, 56th ranked player. Nick Castellanos had a, a good year. Uh, so yeah, he had a breakout with Jack Flaherty was the 18th overall player that year. So he had a pretty good team, but most of those names were either on the, the kind of the wrong side of 30 or kind of one-year guys, like you said, top 100 guys that can help build a team, but not necessarily build a franchise around. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's you know, I think the the kind of summary of this team has been, it's funny you mentioned a couple of those guys. Kat, you know, he got finally Castellanos when he broke out and then Jack Flaherty has done, you know, it's, it's funny. It's like, I feel like those are like, those have been kind of the, the pillars of his franchise, so to speak. Yeah. And, you know, Torres, obviously. Glyber, uh, obviously originally probably, because I remember, yeah, he had him as a top prospect and then, but you know, it's funny that his career arc has gone the same way as Brendan's now. <laughs> it really has. Yeah. He had that peak year in 2019. Uh, so as Glaber Torres goes, you know, Brendan's team kind of goes and, and we'll talk about, you know, trades with, uh, you know, various of these pieces, the real Muto and DJ LeMay, who uh, a little yeah. bit later. I think, I think that kind of stuff would be interesting to ask him because, you know, a couple of years ago, he would have said, you know, Jack Flaherty and, and Gliber Torres at the core of my team going for, you know, what will drive it. Uh, but obviously Gliber, it's like, I, you know, you know, has been so bad for a year and a half now. And it's, so I'd be interested in asking that question. I'm Castellonis getting up in age a little bit, you in, know, in, uh, and he is, I, I just looked at Castellonis, you know, he's going to turn 30 this year. He seems older to me because he's been around and like kind of mediocre for a while and just broke, broke out. Uh, I remember in 2019 starting to talk to Brendan about trading him Bryce Harper for Glaber Torres. And he was like, can't do it. Glaber's untouchable. Like, and I, I was trying to diversify at a bunch of outfielders. I was looking for infielders, but like that was a legitimate, you know, conversation. And, and at that point in time, you know, he was untouchable and two yeah, years later, I think it, totally different. I mean, and you see why looking back, it was a, what, 22 year old shortstop who, yeah, hit you know, 35 like runs. Year. Yeah. 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 Hit 35 runs. It's like, but it just, I mean, it goes to show you just how much values change and it's the, um, and, and how, even when you're young and if you have a really good year, that still doesn't mean that the league can't figure you out. Right. You know, I, and I don't know, I haven't looked into Torres enough, but I imagine that's the type of thing that happens. It's like, you know, they kind of figure out a flaw and then it's up to you to adjust back to it. And 
whatever, or maybe it was the juice ball, who knows. Right. And some players can't make that adjustment. They've been the best player on their high school, college team, et cetera. They've never had to adjust. And then the first time that their swing doesn't work or, you know, their approach doesn't work, they can't adjust to it and then they wash out. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Failing, failing for the first time is tough. Yeah. Um, so last year, Brendan's approach to the, the season, I know you and I discussed it several times. We'll talk about the Lance Lynn trade uh, that we talked about to death with him a little bit. I know he's always wanted I'm to glad he on. gets to finally, he right. gets to stay in court at least, you know, after all this. But uh, he kind of took a different approach with rostering a bunch of prospects um, using his base, basically his roster flexibility instead of rostering bench hitters or, um, you know, extra starters or relievers to try to eke out innings or Ks. He was basically dra- he basically rostered five or six guys that were in AAA uh, or AA, and he was waiting for them to get called called up to see how they would do in their you know cup of coffee. So he's got players like Austin Martin, Brandon Marsh, uh, Jesus Sanchez actually did get a decent number of uh, at bats this year. But Brandon's got quite a few players that are still question marks. And I guess he, he used his roster flexibility, his roster spots to try to invest in that type of player. Do you think that that was worthwhile or it's going to pay off at all? I, so, and I, we've talked about this before in that, like, I know at some point, he actually kind of got this idea from our podcast. Cause I remember right. we mentioned the whole, like, you know, you can stash a couple of rookies, wait for them to get called up. You know, you know, we, we had talked about that on the pod and like Brennan like texted me the next morning. It was like, you know, basically like, man, that's a great idea. Like I, you know, takes it. Now I think he totally overkilled it in right. that, you know what I mean? If we have two rookie slots, it's nice to have a couple other guys. I always talk about optionality of, you know, going into the spring the next year, you can then pick your two from then if you want to keep one more by burning a keeper spot that you're, you know, that's your right to, uh, he really went over. I think he, I mean, I don't know what his exact number was, but it seemed like he had like eight of these guys. I mean, it was just, I'm looking at his final roster and it's like, yeah, I mean, Sanchez. You know, he's, got, he's got Royce Lewis on the bench. He's got uh, Austin Martin on his bench. Josh Jung, whoever that is. Right. Uh, you Nick know, Prado. Uh, Nick yeah. Prado, yeah. All these guys. And it's just because I think it's not only just like, I think there's a serious law of diminishing returns in yes. holding these, a lot of these guys for the main reason of it prevents you from sifting and mining free agency for the this year guys that you could have gotten draft capital with. And, and we'll definitely talk about that, like his lack of draft capital. I think he did hit on a few uh, guys. You know, so there's there's different types of young players that can help your team. There's the guys that come up at 22, and then there's the guys that are 26, 27, having like that breakout, like after their sophomore slump. Or uh, so I'm thinking of like a guy like Willie Adamas, uh, who had a pretty good like two month stretch there. Brendan was able to pick him up. Jonathan India, who was originally on Mook's team started out hot, then had a really cold stretch and then finished the season very hot. He was the 69th overall player. Yeah. Nice. I, um, I barely realized that at the end of the year. until so I think Luke brought it up of how, you know, how well, you know, it was making him sick, how well Jonathan India was hitting. So that's one of the things you can do with your roster flexibility is roster five, six, those type of guys who were actually in the major leagues, but Brendan, he was able to get those two in particular, but spent a lot of his roster capital roster flexibility on guys that aren't even in the majors. So like, what do you do with Austin Martin? If we had, if we had four or five rookie slots, I would love to have Austin Martin in a rookie slot, but you're, you're going to get no additional information on Austin Martin. He's not, he's not going to play 
between now and the keeper deadline. So, you know, it's basically a dead slot. I think, I think what this basically turned out for Brendan is he could take the in-season chance on these guys that they would come up, light the world on fire. And if they did, he would own them. But I think four or five of these guys got no at-bats, no additional information. And I don't see any reason that he can keep any of these guys. So like, you know, I would just light all that potential value on fire. Yeah, no, and and that's, and that's my point in that, in, in that if you go overkill on it, no matter what that happens, it's because, you know, we're always at the point where we can only take so many of these guys. It's good to have the optionality of it. But like you said, there's in this scenario now, a lot of these guys are not getting any more information that is really that big of an advantage. Uh, other than like, I don't know, you, you might get some, you know, a new prospect ranking or something in the spring, right. but you know, not, a, none of those guys are going to leap into the, where they're super valuable assets in the league. Where there's like, point, where that, there's like an injury and Austin Martin is going to be the starting third baseman for the blue Jays yeah. or, or got traded to the twins or whatever. Like if some roster information may change in spring training, but probably not enough to change any of the calculus on these as keepers. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, I mean, I think for him, if you know, this is kind of part of the learning a little bit. I know how I called it. Like, I feel like he's been following the housekeep path of like, how, I feel like housekeep did stuff, maybe not to this extent, but housekeep kind of did that where he was like doing a few of these guys. I mean, probably to the point where he was still trying to compete or claim that he was. Uh, but I think, I think that's the thing. I think maybe, you know, you go all in on this cause you're like, Oh, it can be an effective strategy. But I think the optimal way would have been, you know, to pair this back a little bit. Right. And even if that means you missed out on, you know, one of those guys, like, you know, Josh Chung. Yeah, yeah, Josh Chung. It's like even if you missed out, you've got to accept that you're not going to get everybody one. Like, and you're going to miss out on some of these guys at the expense of taking the the kind of I call it the easy money in a way of like if you pick up a bunch of in season guys, not only will you, might you get a a hot you know a tra- you know a suddenly attractive asset in right. you know like you said Jonathan India maybe you can make the argument for Willie Adamas too, but it's also but in season I mean. Mm-hmm you know, you might get something to get a, to get an extra pick and kind of store value that way too. And you've made the, uh, the point sometimes when you're trading for these guys as a competing team, uh, you end up with good young keepers. Like a guy's having a hot first few months of the season, you trade for him, he finishes out hot and suddenly he's a keeper for you. And, you know, two years ago, I picked up Corbin Burns as I was churning and trading, et cetera. And he could have been like a keeper type person for Brendan. Um, you know, obviously. Yeah. And Corbin Brendan Burns actually had him. Brendan had that year earlier when they were like bulking him. Yeah. I'll say it's interesting. <laughs> Typically when teams suck, they trade for draft picks so that the following year they can, you know, shoot their shot and try to improve. Brendan kind of moved his uh, lottery to 2021 with these young guys, the Austin Martins, the Nick Prados, the Brandon Marsh. He was basically investing roster spots to see if they could break out last year. And now he's left with very little. 2022 like capital and i didn't even i didn't even think about it from that standpoint but that's a really good point of yeah it's, it almost creates probably it almost guarantees a longer rebuild in a way like you're spending you're you're locking yourself into another year of watching these guys right you know of to wait to find things out well if you can even afford to watch uh watch them like brandon marsh was supposed to come up and you know be pretty decent like a, a 20 25 guy uh with speed and some power and he got 200 at bats but can brendan keep him and jesus sanchez and like 
all these other guys. And we'll talk more about his roster. Yeah, I guess I, I think I think that'll be for him. I mean, I'd be interested. I guess we kind of have to start counting his keepers back to see like, okay, who are the guys that are definitely on their own keeper level? You know, and I and I think, you know, at this point, even a guy like India, it's easy to say that at his age, after a top hundred season, you'd say, okay, yeah, like that's one in addition to the obvious ones like Kyle Tucker and Castellanos. Uh, but it, I mean, I think it's when you get on the, the margin where it's like you probably he may have, you know, five different guys picking between two spots that are all the same thing. They're, and they're all the same guy. They're all like the 30th ranked prospect. None of these guys are like the seventh ranked prospect where you're like, well, he's really close to the show. He's a ped- you know, high pedigree. I'm going to keep him and see how he does. Like, Bre- like Brandon Marsh is like the 30th, 40th ranked prospect. Like someday in the next 10 years, he may have an all-star season in him. And if you, if you were able to keep all six I, of these guys, somebody's going to break out, but you can't. I think the interesting thing with Marsh and he just got unlucky with was, I think uh, all we were all expecting Marsh was going to be up a lot sooner. So you would have at least saw, you know, I don't know. I, I guess we did see 236 at bats. I didn't even realize yeah. that much, but it's like, you would have thought to see, you know, more than that. Maybe I, I think he didn't come up to all-star breaker after. Right. Yeah. I mean, and Mike, Mike Trout went down and they didn't bring him up immediately. And that which, was it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So, yeah, I mean, we basically, like I said, we know everything we're going to know about these particular players up until the keeper deadline. So we're not going to get, you know, a bunch of spring spring training at-bats or, you know, AFL uh, fall league at-bats, you know, to kind of change the calculus. Like, kind of is what it is. And I don't know whether necessarily more than maybe uh, Sanchez is keepable, but I don't think Marsh or Martin or Prado or any of these other guys, Royce Lewis. Yeah. Like uh, I think, I think of any of those guys that he stashed other than like India, it's like Jesus. Hey, is it Jesus or Jesus Sanchez? Who knows? <laughs> I don't watch. The uh, games, I think, I know. think it's, I think it's, I think it's Jesus Sanchez. Okay. Anyway, uh, I, I think he's the next most interesting, like he's the next best success story out of all of that. So, you know, of a guy that it's like, Oh, he, he, he knew he probably wouldn't be rookie eligible and you stash, he gets called up. Like he actually got called up pretty briefly after he gets him, you know, and then you get to kind of see some and he looked promising enough where you say, okay, maybe he'll prove something in 2022. Yeah. I think he's the keepable guy out of these six or seven guys. He hit 14 home runs over 227 at bats and he OPS over 800, the, which is the all one you thing I will, The one thing I will say out of all this, and I think was, we could ask Brennan about it, but based on talking to him, he seems most excited about these on the pitching arms that he's gotten. So, yeah. And for, and for probably good reason. I mean, you know, we've been blown away with what we saw from Shane Baz, uh, you know, uh, Louis, Luis Gill was the, is he the twins guy that was like lighting it up after coming over from the race. So I'll say on the, on the pitching side, he's got a bunch of midi- mediocre hitters, but then on the pitching side, he's got some premium guys, but I feel like he has many of them. Like he's stashing Strasburg. He's stashing Dustin May. Uh, Jack Flaherty was hurt. I think he's an easy keeper. But it seems like he's got five or yeah, six, five or six decent pitchers. And this is often the roster construction of a bad team in our league. They've got one or two premium hitters. They've got a bunch of decent pitchers, like five or six of them. But you can't win in this league keeping five or six decent pitchers. Like you need. Well, even. I think the even bigger problem, and to my original point, to where he thinks he snags a lot of these guys with pitchers, is I feel like pitchers a lot of times look so promising when they first come up. Yeah. Uh, almost in that, like, they're especially the Rays guys. And I'm talking about like Shane Baz in that scenario of like, he's, he's being, you know, isolated to situations that are good for him to throw in. Nobody's seen him yet. You know, he hasn't had to, we always talk about building up to 30 starts to actually be a, you know, a real valuable 
fantasy contributor on that side. And that's the thing is like six of these guys can all look super promising, but it's like, which one of them is going to become right. You know, is going to last in a few years to be a 30 star, you know, impact fantasy starter. And, and if we had a 40 person roster, you could say, I've got great prospect depth. I've got these six guys. I know one or two of them are going to break out. The others are going to wash out. No big deal. But like, you can't keep all these guys. In our, in our format, that's just not, yeah. In our format, that's just not valuable. You got to, we, we force you to plant flags on guys. Right. So like Dustin May, Steven Strasburg, are you keeping them? Over? I, I loved, I will say like the, even more than his rookie things. Like I like those stashes even more. I do. Cause like it's they, like, he doesn't, he doesn't need to ever own a guy that's on IL unless it's Jack Flaherty. You know what I mean? The rest of us need to try and stash a closer on the IL or even somebody who's just a, a top hundred player. Like Brendan has no reason for those. It's like, you know, only if he's a keeper, should he worry about the IL slot. And it's like stash the other guys of, Hey, maybe may is somebody you'll really want in six months. Maybe Strasburg shows up in the spring and all of a sudden his shoulders back, you know? Yeah. I think that those were good stashes. I think more teams should stash those types of guys. I think like, I'm not sure if Verlander ended up on a roster, but he should have been rostered. Trevor Bauer should have been yeah. rostered. Like those well, Bauer how, was, but yeah, that's how you use those spots. But I'm just saying it's a it's a it's an even less expensive dart throw from his scenario because like we're talking about each each roster spot is of some value. His IL slots even less so. Just dash some of these guys. Certainly now because it's not like it's you know if, if Luis Castillo gets hurt it doesn't matter if Brennan keeps him on his bench because he's not competing anyway. Right, and he still made his starts, etc. Uh, and now he's just left with you know 13, 14 guys that he could keep, and he's got to plant his flags and and figure out who he's going to keep. I'm uh, sorry. I think I messed up. I think Joe Ryan was the guy I met. Gotcha. Who had um, like the almost no hitter in his first, like first appearance. But yeah, 26 innings from him, 13 from Shane Baz, even with like, yeah, pro- it's like, how do you, you know? Yeah. Even with a, I'm, a prospect pedigree for some of these guys, like Baz is a really uh, hot name. Like, can you make me think of, you're making me think of how when like Matt Moore came up and threw 13 innings in my fantasy championship year. Just like, Oh man, I thought, I, I mean, he was untouchable at that point. I would have, you know, like, like you're saying how Brendan turned down uh, a Harper deal because it had Torres involved, like yeah. same thing. I mean, Matt Moore, I think he was the number one prospect on some list the year that Trout and Harper yeah. came up. Yeah, there's those three guys. And you're like, you had these two awesome hitters, but Matt Moore, let me tell you. Matt about Moore, Matt Moore. Yeah, let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's hit on one thing before we bring Brendan in, and that is his lack of draft capital. So you talk about kind of the opportunity cost of keeping all these guys, it costs you roster spots. So instead of churning free agency and selling off, oh, I picked up a starter three weeks ago. He went on a hot run. Now I'm going to flip into Pat for an eighth round pick. Brendan didn't, couldn't do any of that. So Brendan is a last place team going into next year's draft with basically his draft intact with an extra sixth and an extra eighth round pick, which I was looking back through the like the last several years of last place teams that is some of the like the worst draft capital that we've seen from a last place team perry two years ago basically had no draft capital even even i was just gonna bring that up i was like i remember there was a year when perry just wasn't doing it he he didn't do anything he had an extra six round pick that year yeah and that's and i think that's really a failure of a tank season in that you know the easiest thing the easiest thing to get and the, you know, not that it's the most valuable advantage in the world, but it gives you a boost for next year. The easiest thing to get, I think is draft capital. If you, you have the roster spots to hold guys, wait to see who's somewhat valuable and wait for somebody to give you a, a fifth round pick for, them, you know? And now two years, um, three years ago, 
uh, the, the year before Perry basically had like four first round picks, two second round picks, two third round picks. So like he did the work that year and that's what a last place team should kind of look like draft wise. Uh, I know in your down season, you know, you took advantage, you made sure you had a ton of draft capital you were carrying into the next year. Uh, COVID kind of fucked you there, but like you at least did it right. And I think Brendan basically shot a shot on all these like triple a guys that didn't come up instead of using those roster spots on draft capital. So we're going to have to talk to him. Like he's going to have a pretty straightforward draft, just his own picks and this kind of young keeper set with these decisions that he's going to need to make to try to craft a better future. for him. Brandon, welcome on as the first guest of the 2022 season yeah. of Talking Chalk. Uh, wanted to talk to you about a, a number of things, obviously. Uh, we beat you up pretty good last year on the Lance Lynn trade. We talked a little bit about your strategy uh, throughout the year of kind of stashing prospects, waiting for them to get their cup of coffee to see whether they would perform. Uh, so let's kind of start off uh, with your mindset going into last year. I know that you kind of indicated uh, the direction that you were going with some of your trades in off season with, with Goody and myself, but what was your mindset going into 2021? Uh, how do you think you executed on your plan? Did things change throughout the year for you as certain guys broke out or maybe certain injuries occurred? Uh, kind of what was the story of your overview for, for last year? So after the 2020 season um, where I was the what second highest roto team and not make the playoffs. Right. And that was a weird year. Yeah. Great. Some, like, yeah. Some people say that year doesn't even count. I right. know Ben, ben Asterix doesn't have a championship. Ben, won his ben championship <laughs> but you know, uh, a lot of people, yeah. A lot of people are saying, I'll just say yeah. it that way. So like some I people found, say it. some people right. say no, everyone's <laughs> saying <good>. everyone's <laughs> saying. So like after last year, I was I found myself like so angry from what happened right um i wanted to reboot like i wanted let's tear the shit down and start anew and uh so i sold who i could and probably all but the lemayhew trade were mistakes i'll admit that um i, I, wanted think, that. I think the rio muta one worked out fine in that no it didn't because who okay. i left out on the board like so I could have, out? so, so I, I, have, I know in that scenario, let's stop and talk about that for a second. Yeah. Because you know, obviously the DJ one was a win because he's a bum, right. uh, but Ria Muto, like, you know, he had, he was well ranked for a catcher, had a good yeah. season, right. nothing crazy. Uh, and the key, I think in that, in that, you know, you almost screwed yourself in that you dropped Sandy Alcantara to keep Ria Muto to trade with right. Jamie. However, right. you got Sandy Alcantara back. Right. In the deal. That's, that's I don't know the, the other side of it, so maybe you need to explain. I'm this. not that's not the player I was thinking of that I left on the board. I left T Oscar okay. out there. He should have never left my team. Yeah. Well, oh, okay. That that's separate that was, from Real Muto. That like would you have kept T Oscar if you had not kept Real Muto? Is that what yes. you're saying? Okay. You, yes. Yeah, because you yeah. keep Sandy either. Right. But I mean, like, no one was no one was as high on Sandy as I am or was. Yeah, like, I think. No, I think you. He had a lot of uh, hype going into last year. Like you, like I know Mook and I both liked. Him. I mean, I knew. I I think we all knew he was going to go first round. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he, that was he, just. 
that was my big thing. Like I can't like granted, like, I didn't believe T Oscar could become who he did. Right. Like, I, did, I thought it was a hot streak, not a sustainable thing, but it is what it is. We call it, we call it an orange. Right. Orange, yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, I think I was just squeezing that orange. You did well with the DJ trade. You got a ton yeah. of draft capital for Real Muto. I, I gave you a first, a fifth, and a seventh. Right. Uh, so, I mean, that's not, not too bad. And you got Sandy right. back. I, I wonder, I think back about that trade on, from my perspective, because Real Muto obviously did not have it this season I thought he would have. Uh, and it feels like you did not value him as much as I did. And I wonder whether you would have accepted less from me. Because that was my initial offer I, to you, and you accepted pretty fast. Yeah, and I was like, "Ooh." I don't think you were going to keep him, though, right? I wasn't going to keep him, so that you gave me the five and the seven, that was enough. I right. think that was like, I don't think less than that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah that's that's why I think that, that deal. Was, whether yeah. whether you put a valuation or Rio Muto, and I I know we've kind of debated that valuation before, uh, but you know, if, if he was going to say keep Alcantara over Rio Muto, he took the risk, obviously, that somebody else takes Rio Muto. Yeah. Um, you know, somebody like Bundy went ahead of him, uh, uh, or, you yeah. know, Ryu and Mayada, obviously <laughs> look in hindsight, but anyway, he gets Alcantara back. And then, so basically for that move, he picked up the fifth. Yeah. Well, for that little bit second. of risk. fifth and right. seventh, yeah. Uh, yeah. He, t- he yeah. took some risk, but he got, he got, uh, you know, compensated for it, so to speak. So like my point of view as a Washington football fan, I hate 30 plus year olds who are just got paid. Right. So that he Hainsworth. just got, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that he just got paid a large amount of money. Like, I know, I know <laughs> where the one play where I'm, he laid I'm, on the ground for 25 seconds as yes, one of the Eagles quarterbacks yes. ran around. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I am. That's why I'm a little terrified about Castellanos. I think he's gonna lay down after he makes his money, but we'll see. Don't say, don't also kill his ball. value. I, mean, I think we'll get to talk hey, about man, that we'll, ballpark we'll effect too. Yeah, yeah. So at the end of the day, are you happy with what you ended up with at the end of the year compared to, you know, you went into the year with guys like Biggio, Real Muto, uh, Torres, you know, DJ LeMahieu, Torres. <laughs> and, you know, on the, on the end of the, the season, you know, are you happy with what you accomplished? I think um, I'm better where I am knowing now what Torres and Biggio are. Right. Or aren't. Right. Or aren't right. That was like Makata. Like he's. I don't. I don't know if I'm keeping him. Um, he's. He's a tough one. Like it's. I think that's an interesting segue. And who'd you say? Like, let's count up from who you're like. Oh, these are these are my four sure. You know, guys. franchise cornerstone cornerstones. I'm keeping them and kind of work up from there. So I got the three pitchers. The Flaherty, Flaherty Cast, um, Castillo, and. Um, Alcantara, which yeah. I'd say, I'd say that's a pretty good starting block of a starting pitchers, right, Jamie? Right. Yeah. I mean, Al- Alcantara has a ton of potential to be a. I mean, he already threw two hundred innings. He has potential to be a horse. Uh, Castillo has established himself before as a top twenty-five guy, and still, you know, kind of reestablished himself. I feel in the second half. Yeah. Yeah, I think and then the- Flaherty, if he gets back from that injury. Yeah, Flaherty, it's a, it's an injury yeah. question. The yeah. unique thing about Sandy is like 23 quality starts last year. Like he is just a, a quality yeah. start horse uh, with nine K per nine, like, and really low whip. If, if Flaherty comes the, back. The, the way, the way he jacked up the strikeouts last year, you know, cause yeah. that was, I think that was the question on him. It's like, you know, you knew, you felt like he was going to be a, a good horse, right. uh, 
but he was, you thought below average strikeouts and he found the strikeouts last year. Now, I love those guys. The quality start guys with really low whip, even if their ERA is like in the three is so what, uh, you yeah. can bounce that out with relievers. So yeah, that's I mean, a, and, he, and he pitches in a great park for it too. Yeah. That's an exciting, uh, three. If Luis Castillo is like your wild card third starting pitcher, I think you're in a good spot, you know, starting with those three. Right. Uh, and then, then on all Is things, that where you put him? Would you put Castillo as the third behind Flaherty in terms of asset value? Yeah. I, I mean, like, as of right now, I'm saying if, if my season is going downhill and I want to build more for the future, get draft picks, I would definitely be willing to trade Castillo. I don't know about Flaherty and Sandy. Okay. Yeah. I think Flaherty, I think Flaherty is number one pending health. Yeah. And then Sandy showed that, you know, he can be that guy too as a number two. And then Castillo's, they're still. Some questions, obviously he ended the season great. Like, I think that we were, right. we were beating you up. Let's talk about that trade. Uh, the last, <laughs> the last Lynn trade, uh, which is probably the most talked about move single move, uh, in the history of the podcast last season. Uh, so yeah, basically I shouldn't say a straight swap because you also traded away, uh, Crone, yeah. uh, that, which didn't look good for a little while. And then he kind of fell back to earth. Uh, so it's whatever, but yeah, Castillo for Lance Lynn. So. Uh, I know you and I have been talking about a deal for a prospect. Um, yeah. You eventually pulled the trigger on Castillo. Uh, how do you think that ended for you? Um, I didn't think, I don't know if anybody thought that Lynn would pitch sub three ERA. Right. Like that was, I was thinking like three and a half, four. And I've always, get, for the record, I've always been a huge Lance Lynn guy. At yeah. Least in the last, you know, two years. Yeah. I mean, I loved, I loved him because he was the 200, 200 guy. Yeah. Um, Castillo, a lot I feel of like, words. yeah. Castillo, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, I feel like he can get, get there. I know he hasn't in the past, but he comes close. And uh, yeah, it was just a terrible year for him. I don't know. I got high hopes that he turns it around. Hopefully he gets traded. I mean, so I get away from Cincy. It was definitely a terrible start to the year. Uh, and yeah. that looked, I think, to the league like, Pat pulled one over on you. Uh, but like I said, it started to look better the second half of the year. He's much younger than Lance Lynn, obviously. Yeah. And if he can figure it out at all and just, you know, pitch at the same level as Lynn, um, maybe even not even next year. But I think with this trade, you kind of have to just hold your nose because you know 2021 is not going to look good for you because Lance yeah. Lynn is going to be a better pitcher especially with the way Castillo started. And you just have to say, you know, 2022, maybe 2023 is when Lance Lynn, you know, I've told Ian before, first you get old and then you suck and then you die. Um, and Lance Lynn's going to get old. And then he's well, going to die. I'm going to interject here because I've, I've beaten up the trade some and I know that. But however, I, I agree with all of that and that, you know, I, I though I think, I think Brendan, like I said, always kind of, he paid what the full price was to get Castillo. Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever. No matter, like you said, no matter what happened in 2021. Yeah. It, it's turned out and it's gotten to the point where, you know, it, it was a positive trade for Brendan. I don't think it was the most savviest of moves of, I think he probably could have gotten Castillo for cheaper or maybe more for Lynn or whatever. However, it was a net positive for him and for his team and what direction he was going in. I, 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 I Yeah. I'll say the parties involved, uh, really played a part too. So Brendan, you know, somewhat new to the league though, we, as we've discussed, he's been, this is his fifth season. He just completed. So not that new compared to, you know, the average fantasy league. Uh, but I think it was Pat getting him right. You know, everyone's annoyed at Pat when Pat's doing well, Pat was playing well at that point. Well, Pat seemed I like, had, I think, yeah, that annoyed I had Pat in one ear and Jamie in the other. 
Right. And so I mean, that, that would have been is happy. the worst place to be. <laughs> that's, that's two devil. That's two devils. No, that's an angel. And you just gotta figure out who's <laughs> yeah. Brendan, you'll figure it out. Pat yeah. is the devil. I'm the angel. Uh, so let's let's talk about that aspect. Would you be happier with the deal that you and I were discussing? Or what with, was the would, one that you were? What was the offer? It was Julio Rod- Julio Rodriguez for straight up. I, straight up. I wanted more. That I wanted straight up because I and I agree with Brendan. I think I think I wanted a pick. pick. So what what level pick? Because I think Brendan was talking like first or second. Like I wasn't, I wasn't there. So, it would have been like a sixth or a seventh. Because I, I, by I, the, by the, probably the, when I was finishing the discussion with Pat, I was probably down to that level. Yeah, Good. as as round. Like and, I, I was leaning towards like I do want him, but like I, I was getting the feeling that you weren't willing to give up a pick too. I mean, so, I, I was going back and forth about whether I would even do the deal, you know, without the pick. So straight up, I think yeah. I think you kind of read and, it right. Yeah. And let's say I, I turned down a similar thing in that we discussed Bobby Witt. And I was like, there's no way I'm trading Bobby Witt for Lance Lynn, or at least not at that point in the season. And and I think still, even though Bobby Witt gets even more prospect hype because of you know his ability to play defense and all of that and infield positions, I would say from a fantasy perspective, they're probably pretty comparable in terms of assets right now, right? Yeah. Lynn, the, Lynn where would you Witt? put um no um rodriguez, rodriguez and oh, yeah i think they're yeah. i think like we, we've said they're 1a 1b where you know they're close enough that uh, yeah yeah exactly they're I, one I, two. I, yeah is clinic third behind those three clinic yeah. shines worn off a little bit already yeah. i i think he he should be like and you were we're telling players, me I should have gotten assets, see i always say this rookies are at their highest value right before, before they get in that <laughs> that's, that's why i want the extra pick <laughs> Yeah. No, they're they're <laughs> the highest value when Javi Baez comes up and hits eight home runs in his first sixteen. That's games. okay. Yeah. yeah, that's the only way they get to a higher value is if they if they they start off hot in their first two weeks. Right. They might strike out forty percent of the time, but if they hit some home runs, you're good to go. You slap a cool nickname on that, Pat's buying. <laughs> so yeah, I guess you're you're probably happier with the Castillo now that he kind of turned it around at the end of the year. Or yeah. you know, I think I, Julio I, Rodriguez wouldn't have cost you a keeper slot. But then I wouldn't have Shane Baz. Oz. Sure. Yeah. So you got Oz, Oz and Abram. I told you he loved the 13 innings of Shane Baz. Yes. <laughs> and I think that's perfectly fair. So yeah, that that's the Lance Lynn trade. I think we're all again a little sensitive with you trading to Pat just because we hate Pat. Yeah. You're still seen as like a, a newbie, even though at this point, five years in, you know, you're more of a, a grizzled veteran. Um so yeah, do you think you we're fair to it now, kind of after um, yeah, all that no, discussion. You're, yeah, you're good. You're good. All right. It was the it was the most talked about topic on this pod behind. You're fair. welcome. You're welcome. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely you drove, drove uh, at least. I'm not sure whether it drove ratings, but at least drove Goody and I a little bit uh, crazy. Probably caused a couple content. Headaches. So let's talk about the other thing that Goody and I have given a lot of airtime to, and that's kind of your strategy of rostering minor league players using your. Uh, your roster flexibility kind of in yeah. that direction. So what yeah. was your thinking there? Uh, do you think that paid off? Um, yes and no. One, it got me Boz. Sure. Two, that's it. As long as, as, long as <laughs> it got, got Shane Boz, that's all it. <laughs> um, so I know you you talked about um, how I wasn't picking the right guys. Like I was picking these B-rated guys over A-rated guys. quote right. but, but I mean, I was going for guys that had the potential to come up in September. Right. Like 
Tristan Cassis, he wasn't going to come up. Riley Green wasn't going to come up. Um, that's why I went Josh Lowe. Austin Martin, I knew he wasn't going to come up, but at that time when I claimed him, he was the top right. hitting rookie, but now he's terrible. Um, who else did I pick? Yeah, Brandon I mean, Marsh. Brandon Marsh. Right. Yeah. I did uh, that. I think you we, claimed we, him. we talked about in the early segment that yes. how after Trout went down, a lot of people thought Marsh would be the man up. Yeah. Yeah, I tried and to work that. Obviously, got delayed a little bit. So that you would, uh, you would pick him up for me, and yeah. then what screwed that up? By the way, it was the, I didn't claim did him while another one hadn't processed. Correct, yes, which correct. I didn't know was a rule. Okay. So then, yeah. yeah, then duty caught wind that I wanted Brandon Marsh. So he just <laughs> straight rostered Brandon Marsh yeah. for like two months while he was kind of uh, one foot in the competing camp, one foot in the rebuilding camp, and I was like, duty, this is a mistake. You should not be drafting or rostering this guy. He's doing nothing for you. And Goody thought, or Duty thought it was like some complex psyop where I was trying to get him to drop Brandon Marsh so I could pick him up. So he just held on to Brandon Marsh for like two it's months funny, it's just funny to spite me. Fuck, it's funny how fucked up this league is, is that we're talking about the Brandon rule of him claiming him an expat. And Duty, just while we're all talking about it, grabs up. Brandon Marsh. Because if he hears other people talking about Brandon Marsh, and that Jamie wanted him, and it's like, oh, I need Brandon Marsh. You want to know what the worst you, thing? You know, and then you, every day you texted him to drop Brandon Marsh, just encouraged him to hold yeah. on to Brandon Marsh even longer. The he worst thing to come out of this is that Jamie ended up with a better rookie. Oh, yeah. And Brent Davis. Davis. I'm so yeah. happy. <laughs> I mean, he's now a top five rookie. Like, it's yeah. Who'd you get? Brandon, Brandon Davis. Davis. No idea who he was. Oh, okay. And now he's apparently amazing. Yeah. <laughs> he, was all, he was always amazing. Yeah, things just worked <laughs> out. I got... I got duty to roster uh, Brandon Marsh for two months. Yeah. yeah, duty picked him up and immediately uh, texted me and said, "What? Well, what will you give me for Brandon Marsh?" And I said, first of all, you didn't even claim Brandon Marsh as a rookie, which is the whole thing I was trying to get Brendan to do: claim him as a rookie, trade him to me, so I could keep him as a rookie. And then he you tried to trade him to me too. You just straight picked him up. He is worthless to you, worthless to me. I'm not giving you shit for him. You know, hold him if you want, but you shouldn't hold him. And then he, he held him for two months. It's so funny how if somebody tries to do that to you, it's like they're stuck holding a grenade. Yeah. Like, you he, know, like it's like this. He was literally <laughs> worthless. So I think it was. And then I saw him in the free agency and I was like, oh, did he drop him? Cool. I'll just yeah. claim him right now. So and then he came up, he, he played mediocre. But like, I think yeah. I think Sanchez was probably your biggest success story of a guy yeah. like that who came up. Uh, and then yeah. I think you got Willie Adamas and Jonathan India kind of off the scrap heap uh, as guys that you can look Thank to you, perhaps. Man. Yeah. I, those are my two favorite moves. Those are the ones I thought you should have been. I tried to trade Adamas to you, Jamie, right? Yeah. And, and at, at that point. And yeah. I was going to ask that, was there a market for Adamas? Because I no. figured there would be. I think like Nothing. he was talking like fifth or sixth or like fourth or fifth pick, like round pick. Yeah. It wasn't much. You're telling me nobody needed a shortstop? Apparently. I mean, at that at that point, the the six teams kind of have their their guys. Like, yeah. Um, so I mean, just have the extra bat though. Like he was killing it. I agree, but like, yeah, it's not room for him. At a certain point, you can only give up so many picks when you, you know, you're not sure if it's your year. Come on, Jamie, you got to go all I in. Know. When, you I went, know, I gave up a first, second, and third. That's all I had the heart to do. Uh, <laughs> I was waiting for Mike Trout to come back. He never did. So, yeah. Brandon, run us through who are your eight keepers right now? Or okay. do you even so, know? Hang on. Before we get I into know, that, now I know seven. Hang on. Before, before he goes on, I'm going to at least build the board we got. I'm like, I know this isn't video, but I'm like Carl Rove with the whiteboard right now. Like, okay. you know, I'm, I'm right. drawing, right. drawing who, behind here. You so got I the got pictures and the I, two 
Okay. I got the tiers set up. So okay. the way I'm kind of building is like, all right, so clearly Alcantara and Flaherty are on their own tier, I think. And right. Then, you know, we both think they they potentially can be top 10 starters. Right. At, at, you know, in their best outcome. Castillo, probably just a top 25 guy in his best world, but he's been there before and looks like he can go there again. So we'll put him as a tier two uh, keeper starter. Okay. After that, I think, we'll, and we'll let Brendan, Brendan build from here, but the way I see it is Kyle Tucker is – Totally on his own tier as a hitter for Brennan. I'm a big fan of his. He's young. He, you know, he steals some bases. He hit for a damn good average last year. Yeah. He's All the 30-20s that thought Buxton like, was. And, and he hits in the best offense imaginable. So Tucker's, you know, your, your real premium guy there. And then I put Castellanos on the second tier there just because Castellanos, we probably saw the best version of Castellanos last year, which yeah. was remarkably very good. He hit 300. He hit 34 home runs. Uh, you know, he had his best season. However, he is, I think, 29 years old. Yeah, he he'll be 30 in March, I think. We don't know what ballpark he's going to go to. A couple years ago, he looked barely rosterable before he got traded to the Cubs. Uh, so we have no idea where he ends up, what happens when he gets paid, what ballpark, all that. But still, obviously, a very valuable keeper hitter. So I think those are the five guys that is between you talking and me looking at your roster while we're doing it. I was taking down notes on my board here. It's kind of how I lined them up. I was do you agree with that whole assessment? Yes. Okay. Are, so build from there. Are okay. India and Adamas your sixth and seventh guy? So India is my sixth. Right. Um, and Sanchez is my seventh. Oh, okay. interesting. So I think Goody and I talked about the uh, the IL stashes you have on the pitching side. So Dustin yeah. May, Strasburg, what's your thinking on those guys? Um, I Strasburg should be back by spring. Uh, May won't be right. He'll be back in like May, if not later. Um, so I don't know if I want to make the take those risks on those guys. They might be just I could pull what you did and draft them in the fourth round and hold them. Right. You know, I'm not. No, that's right. Yeah. But to, to, so I think our point that we were talking about before, it's like, you know, to my whole original list, then you add India and Sanchez to the hitting. All of a sudden you have four hitters three pitchers. So now of everybody else, all your optionality, you're back to, you're back to picking one guy. Right. And I have, so I, I'm between. Because I, I think we'd argue the rest of these seven are all perfectly acceptable keepers. Even, even yeah. the India Sanchez component, you'd be like, okay, fine. Like, you know, they, they showed some promise and they're young. That's yeah. what, that's what I'm like next year. I'm doing like a, I want to see like, it's a prove it year for these guys. Like you have one more year, at least on my team. And I want to see if you can build on what you did, you know? And, and to me, India, India is more of a sure thing than Sanchez, just cause he, right. yeah, yeah, he already put, did it. Yeah. Um, right. But yeah, if Sanchez is your eighth keeper, like that, that's fine to take a, you know, a flyer on that guy. Cause I think your seventh keeper, whether you pick May or Strasburg or someone else, probably could return more value than Sanchez. It's just a risk whether they get healthy and do it. Yeah. So what, what way are you leaning right now? So probably leaning Mancata. Okay. Just because young and hopefully like he gets on base really well. That's about it. So I'm hoping he can turn around, go back to his 2019 year. Is that, um, that's, there's no sunk cost fallacy there with, you know, I traded for him. I need to make this work. No, I just like I know he has high potential. Like apparently he has high potential, so it's it's kind of that I have that in the back of head my head. Where Domus was okay in Tampa and then turned it on in Milwaukee, 
So I, I want to ask you this, Jamie. I'm curious if you agree with me. One year league next year, you draft him in Goddard or Willie Adonis. Uh, probably Adamas. Yeah. I, I mean? Yeah. I agree with that mainly because I think he, you know, run, not that I think he's necessarily a better potential player, but because he runs and kind of, he goes on his streaks more if that like matters in fantasy. If but it, I, but on the other side, Mankata, I, I do agree has the, still the higher upside. If, if one of them is an 11th round pick in it, one year league, the other is probably a twelfth or a thirteenth round pick, so it's not yeah, like they're that far close. apart. Uh, so that that's, and I think uh, and I think they'd be similarly drafted if say Brendan doesn't keep either. I think they'll still be a decently high pick for for each of those reasons. Yeah. So the one name you haven't said yet that I think I'd keep over Strasburg or May is Joe Ryan. So the talk, the guy from the Rays who ended up in the Twins and the yeah, Cruz deal. Yeah. So talk like to he, us about Joe Ryan. Um. So he just looked awesome. Apparently he's comp to Zach Gallen. Um, doesn't have the best high velocity stuff. Just we puts love, it where it's we supposed love to go. Zach, we love Zach Gallen. <laughs> yeah. Right, Jamie? Right. I think, I think we, uh, we watched a goodie meltdown live as Zach Gallen. Uh, <laughs> yeah. well, we, but the podcast up, loves Zach Gallen. Gave up the fourth run in the third inning. Lost the quality start. Goody was, Goody was off his rocker after that. The show never he, recovered. Yeah. He had a 10 strikeout game in like five innings or something like that. I don't remember exactly what it was. What was, was his first start? I remember it was a no hitter because he was pitching. And I think I had Tristan McKenzie pitching. So I was watching yeah. that start. I remember. Yeah. So Joe Ryan pitched about 100 innings last year, just shy of 100 innings the year before. How many he, starts? Uh, in the minors, he had 13 starts. Uh, and then in the majors, he had five. So he made, oh, so that was his total for across both levels. Yeah. And then oh, yeah. he didn't pitch in 2020 because there was no minor league season. In 2019, he pitched, uh, let's call it about 120 innings. So, um, I mean, Goody and I have talked about, you know, trying to baby and, and bring up a pitcher. It's very difficult because even if they have stellar stuff, just the way that they progress in the MLB these days from 100 innings to 130 to 165 you know it's like a, a three-year road to get them to a full workload right but where I feel like with my roster with Sandy and Flaherty being so young or youngish having Baz and Ryan they all grew up together and all just formed this super right. Voltron pitching just staff all the kids yes <laughs> see I, I look at it the other way and that like you know, I started out with talking about your three starting pitchers because I, I feel like if you if you just looked on the pitching side and you took those three together, I I mean that if you just looked at pitching keepers, that puts him into the top quarter of the league in that department, right? Uh, Jamie, I would say like maybe the top forty percent. Okay, so yeah, what, top, at least well half. above the yeah, top yeah, half, yeah, yeah. at least well above the top half, yeah. I'll put it this way, Brendan, and this is, you know, I, I have a former pawn in my life that I don't talk to as much. I think his performance <laughs> reflects that, but I'll say it this way. What round do you think Joe Ryan will be taken in next year? If you, oh, I definitely could, Ryan? I could definitely see him in the later ones, like the eighth round Yeah. versus where is Mankata uh, or Adamas going to go? It's like, it's sometimes you just, you just have to look. I know. It's just like, right. You can still get that guy. Yeah. 
Now, obviously, just, if people listen to the pod, we might have some Joe Ryan. It's not going to help. My six get out. But yeah. I just feel like like he could go off into spring training and he'll be that Chris Paddock out of nowhere. Could be. Oh, God, that's a bad comp. Third. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Two, Goody has been hurt by too many pitchers. We just yeah. we can't keep bringing them up. Yeah. Pitchers, uh, pitchers really burn me. Brendan, is there anything else that we need to touch on with you? Any burning, uh, you know, issues that we talked about or that anybody's talked about in the league before we get to our final few questions? Um, I will not be in last next year. You will not be in last. I'll be. I will not be paired. I will. I will not give up in May this time around. <laughs> so that's another question. So, was your last place finish, you know, by design? And I know you went through the motions and competed, or was that kind of a result of the strategy that you you took so- last year? Um, I want to say it was partial from the frustration of all the players that I let go became better somewhere else. Right. Cause if you look at my draft, I didn't draft bad. I mean, there's a pick here and there that was terrible, but like Logan, Logan Webb would be awesome to have. Frankie Matos would be good to have. Um, listen, I'm going to give you some, some Ted Lasso advice here. You know what? You know, I, you know why a goldfish is the happiest animal in the world? Why? Because he's got the shortest memory. Right. Yeah. You, you yeah. can't beat yourself up about that. You know, Mike Trout has been traded in this league. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton has True. been traded in this league. Yeah. Uh, Manny Machado has been straight dropped from this league. Uh, there's been a lot of mistakes. I would say you are Teoscar Hernandez does not rank in the top 10. Oh, I believe it. So, um, yeah. yeah, don't worry about that. Yeah. And, that and that's one thing I, I, I think I bring the, brought this up before on the pod before, and I'll bring it up again. And like, you know, Jamie brought up him trading away Corbin Burns to kind of. We were talking about the strategy of trading away guys. I cut like, him that, yeah. That's that's as big <laughs> as a that's a big as a giveaway as you can give away. But yeah. the point is, is that Jamie Jamie does that move, you know, a hundred times, ninety nine percent, ninety nine times he's building value out of it. Right. And right. so you you gain enough value over doing that all of that time and that it's like oh it, it's not a big deal to give one huge one away yeah. yeah all right so let me ask you since again you've been in the league 5 years uh, yep. this league is it's a lot of things obviously it's a fantasy baseball league it's a group chat it's you know happy hours it's a podcast now it's a message board which at various times is you know its own thing. What do you think about this league, the people in it, you know, versus your experiences in, in other fantasy leagues, baseball or otherwise? I mean, I love this league because how competitive it is. Like it just makes it fun. Like you, the burn you get just to destroy somebody else. <laughs> it makes me wake up. Every day. <laughs> Gives you a reason to wake up. The happiness duty felt holding on to Brandon Marsh, thinking how much it would hurt me every day, kept kept him alive this this summer. We'll talk to him about that at some point here, but I'm glad to hear that. How about the people in the league? Any interesting characters that, you know, you wish you knew better or didn't know at all? (laughs) Never met. I don't know. No, I mean being a bartender for so long, there's a lot of people I wish I never met, but you guys are all right. Like I've definitely like, I've met worse people. (laughs) 
rock on. And so what he's what he's saying is we're, we're better we're better than the clientele at the uh, Alexandria Chili's. The Chili's, yes. Jesus, a Chili's bartender. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, you know, Goody did share that you just got back from your bachelor party. Uh, yep. What does your significant other think of your fantasy baseball? She's laughing her ass off about this part right now. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> it's it's good. Hey, honey, honey, I have to report, you know that league that I'm in that yeah. you say I probably spend way too much time with. Yes. Yeah, I gotta I gotta go record this podcast. <laughs> there's there's gonna be about 10 people listening to it, but we take yeah. it pretty serious. Hey, and you it's, know it's my number two listen to podcast on Spotify. Jeez. We're gonna what's your number one? My dad or yeah, my dad wrote a porno. Okay, we're gonna knock. We're gonna knock the number one off this year. Goody oh, and I are gonna do enough. Uh, <laughs> we're enough gonna, episodes. We're gonna, the, J- I mean, got his kids in line yeah. now. We got. Yeah. We're gonna be pumping content. Everyone's <laughs> sleeping. Yeah, we're gonna be pumping out content. Well, Brendan, we're, we, we're coming. You you hear that? My dad wrote a porno. We're coming for you. Right. Yeah. Uh, we definitely appreciate having you on. Uh, I think you're fun to have in the league. I think you bring something different, outside perspective, uh, which I think this league needs from time to time. And yeah. uh, only person not from Delaware. Yeah, for a 14-team league, I think you were a great addition. Pat's from Jersey. Pat um, was born in Jersey. Do not let him forget that. He, he tries to claim PA, <laughs> but no. A lot of Jerseyites try to claim PA. Um, yeah. And I hope they don't let him back in the country. We'll see. Uh, okay. Well, Brendan, definitely appreciate it. Better luck. Uh, good luck this season. Don't finish last. You don't want to be two years in a row or three I'll years in a row like Perry. He's going to give me a good name. We'll be able to give it up. Okay. Are you at all afraid of the name? Uh, I don't give a shit. Do, you, do you have any shame finishing last? No. I think that's what the name was intended to do. I'm not sure that's worked more than yeah. once or twice. So we're going to have to get back to that. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. yeah there's been a couple of real shamers. And then there's been a couple of where people have just kept like softball. Ricky's getting bad hombres with best. I, I, mean, yeah. I had Goody Pond for three years. Yeah. Like, but yeah. that was. Yeah. That was like, that was, yeah. was weak too, Goody. That was weak. Come yeah. on, I, I weak. gave it a better I, like picture. I, said, I didn't have much. <laughs> that might be why you finished last place the one year and had all the bad luck is just that weak name. <laughs> weak, weak ass name. Yeah. All right, Brandon. Appreciate it, Goody. Appreciate you as always. And uh, for everyone else, we're going to be previewing many of the teams, if not all the teams, and having more interviews this off season. Uh, getting ready for 2022. Hopefully, the season happens. If not, Goody and I'll find something to talk about. Have a good Korean, one, everyone. Fantasy, fantasy Korean baseball league. Hell yeah. Yeah. I won't know what race or how to pronounce those names either. Could just be all white guys. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. See you guys. See you. <laughs>